right, everybody, welcome back to the first Buff and Blue review we've had in a while, starting off the new year right. Uh, again, I am David Korn, joined by Nick Poor. Nick, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling getting the podcast back up and going? How are you feeling at GW Sports? Listen, I'm, I'm glad to be back. We're recording this uh, like two days before campus fully opens again. We can be back in the station together. Um, I am a little down, though. Just got back from George Mason GW women's basketball. That was a disappointing loss, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I, I think right now kind of where we stand is the men's team, even though in the in the grand scheme of A-10 basketball, they may not be great. They're the most exciting team on campus right now. Uh, men's basketball in the past few weeks has had two ridiculous come from behind wins. First at George Mason, or first against George Mason at home, and then at URI. They are, when things are clicking for them, they are so exciting. Yeah, at a first glance, the two teams, they seem equal. Um, the men are six and 12, the women are seven and 12, but it's all come down to conference play. The women have dropped their last six games, have not yet won in conference, their own six. Meanwhile, no, this the, is really tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the men are not doing great in conference, but they're two and four. They had two good comeback wins against George Mason and Rhode Island. So by no means are they doing well, but they have not lost six straight games. Um, uh, so I think a really good goal for the men's team is going to be to get out of what a lot of people affectionately dub the pillow fight, which is the bottom four teams vying to kind of the play-in sort of for the A-10 tournament. And I think that's definitely something that could happen this year. Yeah. Uh, I think at the bottom of the A-10, you see LaSalle, you see UMass, you see Duquesne, and you see St. Joe's. And those are all teams that GW can sneak past. Yeah, it's a big week coming up because we have a LaSalle game this Wednesday. Um, we haven't played Duquesne yet because of a postponement. Same with St. Joseph. So we're going to get those matches, hopefully, and get a chance to see where we stand. If, you know, if we're bottom four, we haven't even made it out of the pillow fight after the last two years. Fordham has beaten yeah. us. Oh, also forgot about Fordham. Fordham should be in the pillow fight talk, too. They beat us in the past two years in that round we haven't made it out of the first round and no we beat them or, last year and it didn't we i thought we lost to them no I, I believe last year we beat fordham and then we had the privilege of losing to george mason that may be true um remember we tried to do that virtual call that was so successful <laughs> you're right we defeated fordham 11 verse 14 but then got stomped by george mason and lost by 14 yep that's when we were introduced officially to josh Aduro. It's a great time. Yes. The last time that we got out of, well, now we, we played Fordham the year before and lost. Yes. And the last time that we haven't been a bottom four seed, I, I can't find it. It was, you want to guess what year it was? Was it the year we won the NIT? Is this the year we won the NIT? It was 2017. No, that wasn't it. It was not. We wore the sixth seed, beat St. Louis, dominant in the first, second round, and then lost to Richmond in a tightly contested game in the set in the quarterfinals. And act that was the last time I think we've had a respectable season. It's been a while. Yeah. 
Ugh. Well, I, I do think things are looking a little up right now. Uh, Definitely. Sunday's matchup against Fordham is going to be huge. That and then the La, the the LaSalle game is a must win. Um, that's Wednesday. If they can pick up two back to back coming off the bounce from that loss to St. Louis. Um, yeah, I didn't. That loss to St. Louis was difficult. the The only real highlight you can look to in that game was James Bishop putting up a career high in points. Defense wasn't there. Yuri Collins and Gibson Jimerson were just dicing us up. It was oh, like, Jimerson was outstanding for St. Louis. He he's only a freshman. Isn't that crazy? He he has a ton of potential. He's playing like that in his first college year. I know. Gibson Jimerson is someone who I we will be watching for a long time. Sadly. Um, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. He will be. Uh but GW though, the men I think have found their sort of recipe for success. Hmm. They, if they have a few things going right, Hunter Dean playing really well down low. Hunter Dean was awarded Colonial of the Week this week, and we were able to speak to him. We got a great interview with him up later in the show, so we're super excited to show that to you guys, and he had some great insights. But the he is really, really key down low because GW does not have a ton of depth at the five. Uh, Noel Brown is believed to be back, but even when he has played, he has not necessarily been effective. So Hunter Dean is really critical to this team's success. Uh, Joe Bamisel and James Bishop both need to play well. A lot of games, one plays well, the other doesn't. If they're both firing, it is very, very difficult to stop. Mm. And they then, need to know when to, you know, like the Shaq and Kobe thing, they need to know when the other player is hot, let them activate and work together. Exactly. So when they're both playing well, Oh, it's the offense is very fun yeah. because Bishop can create space and score whenever he has the ball. He has the ability to do that. And then Bamisol can just slash and get to the rim with ease. And so when they're both firing, you have to respect both their outside and inside games. It is just a ton of fun. Uh, one thing I spoke about this on my show this week, Hoops Hour. I spoke about this with Liam from the Hatchet. Uh, It'll be really interesting to see the minutes distribution between uh, Kwanzi Samuels and Ricky Lindo, because Lindo has been out with a head injury for a few weeks, and he just got his first minutes against St. Louis, wasn't particularly effective. And mm. Kwanzi Samuels in that time really asserted himself in the starting lineup and showed how effective he could be, especially off ball and on the defensive end. So it's, it'll be interesting to see, because Ricky Lindo obviously the more high-profile player but Quanzi Samuels has been equally, if not more, effective. It's hard to, uh, you know, not play Quanzi Samuels. He fits in so well. He does all the things you need a player to do. Mm-hmm. He hustles on defense, gets the rebounds. Um, it's hard to put a guy like that on the bench when he's just such a utility player. I agree. I think he's really not even into the just into the rotation because I think he did that done had done that earlier in the season. I think he's forced himself into the starting lineup, and I don't think he's going to take that out because Lindo is a better three point shooter, and I think he is a flashier defender. I'm not going to say better per se because obviously I think Lindo definitely gets more steals and blocks, and he might make more highlight real defensive plays. But I think Fonzi Samuels is just as steady, and so. The real difference to me comes on the offensive end 
where Lindo is definitely more of a volume offensive player and he kind of needs the ball to kind of get at the perimeter and work downhill to get a shot or get an open three. And that type of player, while they can score, sometimes slows down the offense because they can act as sort of a vacuum. Mm, interesting. And the way Samuels is able to keep the ball moving, find the open guys, not necessarily get pick up assists, but just make the right pass, I think helps out Bam Sol and Bishop a ton. That is, uh, that is a very fair point. He definitely is a good complementary piece in what he can do. Yeah. So I, I'm just really interested to see what happens because we should, GW should be getting back to full health soon. And it'll be very interesting to see how it all works out. One thing I am definitely looking to, to on against Fordham and LaSalle is the ability to get a lead. Because these are two teams who GW should be able to get a lead on. Both of the conference wins have been come from behind wins. I would love to see GW come out early, get a lead, and keep a lead, and not really make a sweat. Yeah, I mean, they also struggled hanging on to leads and out-of-conference play. St. Francis became way closer than it should have been. UMass Lowell, they blew a lead. Um, that's been yeah, a struggle. Yeah, we were on the call for that one. That was tough. Yeah, that was... Oh, that was not the kind of game we were hoping to see against UMass Lowell. Um, are they still – UMass Lowell had a good start to their season. Are they still I mean, they beat Dayton too, so they're pretty good. Have uh, they – in conference, have they been doing all right? Maybe, maybe not, but that was still an embarrassment. I mean, America East isn't usually a powerhouse. No, they're, they're ninth in the American East. Yeah, they're 10-9. and nine. Oh, they they beat they lost to BU, but they beat UMBC. BU they, beat us too, so <laughs> they beat Maine. They played U Albany tight. I don't know. They're they're an okay mid major team, but we should not be losing to okay mid major teams. I mean, Maine and New Hampshire aren't exactly powerhouses, so fair. Yeah, we should not have lost that game, regardless. No. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited about the way the team is trending. I'm not expecting. So the next stretch, we, we've, we've talked about this, is huge. Uh, Fordham on Sunday, LaSalle on Wednesday, and then Davidson in the following weekend. Those mm-hmm. three games. I mean, obviously, the dream is three for three. But Davidson is one of the top teams in the country. They have shown their mortality. They lost to VCU. Yeah, but we, I don't think we are as established and well-rounded as a, of a program as VCU. They've, no, they've VCU been clapped us earlier in the year. Yeah, we are not VCU. I'm, VCU beat us by almost 30 points. I still think that GW is a team that can pull off an upset. Because when mean, yeah. you're in college basketball, my theory for upsets is you need to have a lead guard, an upperclassman lead guard who can hit the three, and that's James Bishop. If Bishop is hot from three, that's great. You need to have size because a lot of times the reason reason teams are able to beat worse college basketball teams is just because of a pure size mismatch. We have size. Hunter Dean and Noel Brown, effectiveness notwithstanding, can go up against anybody in the country. And then you need tight defense, and this is a good defensive team. So I think that there is the potential for GW to upset pretty much anybody in the country. But will it happen? I don't know. But 
this is something to watch out for. Just yeah, something to keep in mind. Everything needs to click for this team to work, which is why we're not, you know, winning more games than we're losing. But I, yes. I think the best thing that we can realistically expect is wins against Fordham, LaSalle, and then a loss to Davidson where we don't embarrass ourselves. And then you that come out nice. of that week. And you that come out of that nice. week two and one. And you don't feel a horrible morale decay because you didn't get blown out by a top 25 team. And you can keep fighting for a middle seed in the A-10. And yeah. No, going. and I think it's definitely doable to stay out of the pillow fight and get maybe the eighth or ninth slot. Mm. I think that's, that's very fair. And I think that would be... No, I mean, not necessarily... You wouldn't call the season a success, but you would call... You would not call it a failure. There's measurable growth, at least, and mm-hmm. so that would be the first time that we've not been in the bottom four teams in 18, 19, 20, yeah. five years. You know what? Yeah. That's, that means something. Uh, has there been a specific moment from the season that's really stuck out to you so far, Nick? Maybe let's, let's focus in on conference play. Conference play. I mean, we'll talk about it later with uh, Hunter Dean. His little steel dunk combo was possibly my favorite moment uh just mm-hmm. a singular moment that and if i had to pick a game it would be the comeback at george mason uh, i wasn't on the call but i was in the booth doing the tech and being there for that was amazing it was who was on the call you and that was me and nick perkins yes being able to hear that live was it was electric was i was i too excited no i felt like i was in the stadium with you guys it was great work oh good plug good plug <laughs> yeah tune in to hear us uh Sunday, me and Ashley Tobin will be calling. Nope, no. Nope. Fordham. Nope. Oh, not Ashley Tobin. Oh, oops, me and Alejandro Puente, because Ale- I have to sub in for Ashley Tobin. It'll be me and yes. Alejandro Puente. So uh, one of the moments, I think my favorite moment of the conference play so far has just been Joe Bamis' dunk. Mm. Uh, specifically when he put one of the poor George Mason players on a poster and just really hammered it down. Just watching him play is so much fun. There is some consolation, even if PW isn't doing so well. No, watching Joe Bamisol step out on the court, you know, anything can happen. He has the ability to throw down some of the most jaw-dropping dunks I've ever seen live. Absolutely. He, he is the highlight player that we hoped Jameer Nelson Jr. would be. You know, we've been waiting for that kind of electric guard. Um, James Bishop definitely gave us taste of that last year, but he doesn't well, have the Well, okay, there's a difference those. between those types of players. Because you're right, you're right. Bishop, he's really good, but you're not going to – he's not going to wow you with his athleticism, per se. All right, you're right. Tamir Nelson Jr. was supposed to have the athleticism, did not deliver it, is now at Delaware. Well, he did have some crazy dunks, but it just wasn't – He also turned the ball over nine times in one half. I do remember that. That was fun. That was uh, that was a painful call for me and Max Greenhaw. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I think Joe Bemisal delivered. I think he's showing flashes of being able to be a go-to scorer at times. His athleticism is insane. And if Coach Christian can get him to maintain the focus he brings on offense, on defense, he can be a two-way player because he has the length. He has the ability to move his feet. He just needs to yeah. focus in. All right, so should we shift over to talking some women's hoops right now? Yeah, let's quickly hit. Uh, oh, also quickly, I just want to say we're checking in our good friend, uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. over at Delaware. 
he is averaging 13 points a game, five rebounds, and 2.2 assists. How many turnovers? Oh, let's see. How many turnovers? Oh, they are not displaying turnovers. Oh, wait. Yes, they are. He has had 46 turnovers. No, 52 turnovers. Across 13 games? Uh, across 21 games. So he's averaging as many turnovers per game as he is assists then, because that's over two Yeah, he has a 0.9 assist to turnover ratio. Oh, that is horrendous. Yeah, not uh, great. To, to not rag on him any longer, though, let's hit women's cr- track, the only other sport active on campus so far. Oh, uh, yes. Their season just got started at the VMI Invitational last weekend. Brittany Wilkinson set a school record in the women's 400 meter, coming in fifth with a minute and 21 like milliseconds, I think is what I'm looking for. Not seconds, but the thing beneath that. And now they're currently in competing over at George Mason. Uh, of course, this is indoors. They're competing at the Patriot Games. That'll end later today, and we'll get results from that probably after we're finished recording. So look for the GW Sports website for more information on their season so far. Nick, do you know it's been a real bummer? What has? The GW women's basketball team. Yeah. I was our, really believing in them. Last we talked about them, we were fully on the hype train. Things were I very thought they good. could contend for a top four seed in the in the conference. Yeah, I I thought we we could make a surprise tournament push. Like yeah, in, in they the were A-town. really good because if you lock up on defense like they were doing and then maybe have someone like Niall Off emerge as a potential 15-point-per-game scorer, that would be great. Yeah, why don't we start there? Um, the defense is has been fine. That hasn't been the problem, but it is the scoring. Okay, but no when you say emerged. fine, on a team like GW where defense is your calling card, you need to be more than five. Well, no, it's good. It's good. It's actually second best in the A-10 and in, in, uh, points per game. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's good. But the problem is it, it, you can't even really focus on how good the defense is when no player on the team is averaging more than nine points per game. Nyloff, uh, who we expected and hoped to take that jump, has not taken that jump. We yeah, saw she, flashes. She had, I think, some 30-point games in non-conference play only averaging 8.8 on the season so far. Uh, One of the big reasons why this team has not been able to unleash their full offensive potential is because the recent, uh, uh, I I don't know how to say this correct, I don't know the right way to say this, but the uh, Ty Moore being declared ineligible has really hurt this team because she was a great source of offense. We have tried to figure out what happened there, spoken to contacts with the team, asked Coach McCombs. The only thing that, the team is saying is that she is just deemed ineligible and so what does, what does that mean um i don't want to hypothesize too much because it could be ineligible makes me think it wasn't like a behavior problem it makes me think that there was maybe um an academic issue there was maybe an issue in her recruitment it could have been could be uh again this is all conjecture obviously no no, found, no, no, we are not saying this from any, we're just hypothetical mm-hmm. reasons why someone could be ineligible. Could be a failed drug test, could be something like that. So ineligible we have no idea really, what it is, but she is ineligible and is no longer with the team. It's, ineligible it, it's, is an ambiguous, but also 
strange term to use. If she was just out, they would say injured or ab like absent or, or, or dismissed from the team or something like yeah, that. Yeah, if it was dramatic and it was like a, a, a locker room issue, it would be dismissed from team, will not be traveling with team. Ineligible makes me think yeah. it's something to do with her eligibility to play NCAA basketball. Exactly. So she is not with the team anymore. And she was the second leading scorer on the team. So it's definitely a big loss. Oh, yeah, she was outstanding. Her post presence was great. She was hitting flamingo fadeaways like Dirk Nowitzki. Um, yeah. The game I saw her in against American, she led the team. And uh, injuries plus whatever is going on right now has uh, sadly hampered that growth in a time where we really, really need her. Yeah, and so the team's still pretty fun, though. I love watching Maya Taiwo play defense. Uh, I love Shazlani Loriano working at three-point line. Uh, Kiara Frames is really fun to watch. Like, they definitely have players worth watching, but it's tough when they might not get a conference win. They had, yeah. I think, their best chance to do that against George Mason today, and they couldn't make it happen. Yeah, Taiwo is one of the only players who I think is close to living up her potential on the offensive end right now. Seven points per game, seven boards. She's just below a double-double. You know, that's kind of what you want out of your big big, uh, big man's, I think, presence. appropriate. Huh? I think big man's appropriate, yeah. right? Well, I just don't want to misgender. And then saying big man's Yeah, it's like a guy. Good. Like, like it's, I don't think... Your big, big body is- in the paint. Uh, good call. Good call. Yeah, the, your she is strength inside, and she shows it on both ends of the ball. Um, I don't know how to describe. She's just a force inside, and she's been consistent. I think she's been the most consistent player in this team outside of maybe defensively or Rhea Gingras, but she's shooting twenty six point five percent. This team has so much end. defensive potential. Essence Brown is a great defender. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Webster, very solid defender. Ori Gingras, great defender. Ty Moore, or no, uh, Maya Taiwo, my mistake. Amazing defender. It's it's tough to watch. Nick, I have some theories on how this team could be kind of be better for next season. What are you What are you thinking? I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking the number one thing is just. Niall Locke needs to become comfortable being a leading scorer. Um, you see, I'm, I, I'm, I have a different idea. I think they need to find a leading scorer uh, in the transfer portal. Because okay. of the way it works these days in college basketball, people are transferring all the time. I think this would be a really appealing place for just someone who gets buckets to want to play because they wouldn't have a ton of defensive responsibility with the team that's surrounding them they could really just play their game on the offensive end and showcase their abilities there i think this would be a really this, people would want to play here for that and i think mccombs is instilling a really good culture and i think that would be the best path to relevancy for this program that could i think that was part of the plan in bringing in time more which is what's disappointing she would be a stop but still guy. i don't think time more i don't mean like someone who gets you points in the paint i mean like either a guard or a wing who can just light it up from behind the arc and slash can really put up volume i thought she had a chance to do that kind of scoring from the post early in the season um yeah i just post scores in college basketball i feel like if that's your leader 
you're kind of capped. Not if you can point. play make out of the post. I unless don't think you are. Unless like a Gonzaga situation last year with like Drew Timmy, where they had he had a great team around him, but but even then Jalen Suggs was a bit better, I think. But I I think that you really are because you look at these teams and unless you have someone who is just clearly the best, like Brittany Griner or something like that, mm. you really are. It, it, it limits you. I, I don't think it does when your big man or your, your height and side can move the ball. Like uh, Michigan a couple of years ago with Mortis Wagner was competitive because they had a good defense. Wagner can go in the post, but he also knew how to kick it out to shooters. He could create for his teammates. And if you have I mean, again, that scorer, team wasn't crazy good. They were they made it to the final four, I thought that year. Yeah, but they, they made it through a lot of upsets. Hey, making it to the final four means you made this it to the true. final this four. This is true. But I'm just saying, in general, having a big like an, in in the NBA, Nikola Jokic can be your offensive focal point because he can move it around. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just I'm being pessimistic. I, I anybody anybody I think would could help right now. Yeah, I w- I would take any form of scorer. Um looking at the A10 numbers, we're the second best defense but by far the worst offense making us the worst team in scoring margin in the A10. Um, That is embarrassing. We're holding opponents to 57 points per game, but we're only scoring 50, which is worse than Rhode Island, the best defensive team, holds their opponents to. It's tough. Like They're creating some looks, and they just can't make them. That was a big problem in the, the tight loss to Georgetown was just no one could really get hot or it'd be one person hits two or three shots and then it's cold and then someone else hits two or three shots and then everyone's cold again. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on women's basketball for a preview or interview with Hunter Dean? Yeah. Um, we can just look ahead at what they have coming up. This is, is this men's or women? This is women's. Sorry, my schedule is open. They're playing Bonaventure on Wednesday. The Bonnies are, uh, I think, a, a beatable team. They're towards the bottom of the standings. They're two and five in conference, ten and eight overall, but two and five in conference. Then they have VCU on Sunday. That we'll be there. Be we'll good. be there at VCU. We will. We'll have people there at VCU. I believe uh, Ari Foyer and Max Greenhalgh will be calling that game. So very exciting. Yes, uh, VCU in the top half of the A10, one of the best defensive teams in the country. That'll be hard, or historically. But I, I think circle that game Wednesday noon at St. Bonaventure. If they can play like they did in the second half against George Mason for a full game sustained and get a couple shots to roll in, maybe they can break that conference losing streak. It's a noon Wednesday game? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I was misreading that. No, it's February 2nd, noon. It's weird. It's weird. Women's basketball plays a lot of afternoon games. Uh, the weekdays. They do. It fills uh, TV broadcasting time because what else is ESPN going to play Wednesday afternoon? I mean, it's ESPN Plus. So. <laughs> Why not? I'm anyway. saying they, all, the, all the bigger teams do too. Like what else That's is going to apply? That's Sports true. Center for the 10,000th time. So, Nick, this interview we had with Hunter Dean was so much fun. We got into mm. a lot of great stuff. Uh, he has just been so important to this men's team. And when he's been able to stay on the court, whether it's injuries or foul trouble, 
the team really does look different with his rim running and rim protection. So let's cut to that. And yeah, take a listen. It's some good stuff. Everybody, welcome back to the Buff and Blue Review. We are so happy to be joined by Hunter Dean, recent Colonial of the Week. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And so from the media slash kind of fan side of things, like on our end, it's mm. been so fun watching you guys and the you and the rest of the team this season. Uh, can you just tell us a bit about the URI game first? I mean, that was just such a great performance from you. You made such an impact on both ends. Just kind of walk us through that day from your perspective. Uh just like any other game really uh, just prepare for them like normal and when we got down big we just didn't give up we just stuck we just stuck with what we were doing and uh we just stayed solid the whole game we just tried to try to work through the through their runs and try and come back uh point by point yeah, so going into URI, you had to deal with a pair of twins, the Mitchell twins, that mm. were a big task for any big man. Was there any special preparation needed for them or the team in particular? Mm. I would say we did. We did um, prepare for them a little bit differently than we would normally. Just like we would have like extra help if they got the ball or whatever. But going into the game, I just just stuck with like the idea that I was, I was, I could play with them no matter what. And I didn't like if they scored or if they did this or that or block me or whatever, I didn't let that really affect me that much because I knew I could play with them. Yeah. So after the game, you were awarded uh, George's chain of command. Can you tell us the story behind kind of the name and significance of that? Um, well, the name, I believe we, after we played our exhibition game, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, he, our coach handed it out and said we were just going to start a new tradition. He was asking around and um, Kevin was asking around like, what should we name it? What should we name it? And then our coach was actually like, just, just put a poll up on the social media, just get some like fan interaction. And then that's kind of how it started. I love it. It's like the most GW thing ever. Like George's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's cool. It is definitely cool and unique. Yeah. So uh, in that George Mason game a few days ago, near the end of the second half, you had a sequence where you had a great steal and then a dunk on the other end. Was that mm-hmm. like a especially energizing play or was there anything going through your head during that little sequence there? Well, I want to be honest, I was a little upset um, when we got to that point because they kept getting lobs over the top. So at some point I was like, all right, I'm just going to, whatever happens, I'm going to try and prevent this lob as best I can. So I just went up. And I remember I was falling backwards. So I just kind of like tossed it out. And then we came down the court, uh, pick and roll, and then I got the ball and dunked it. No, that was sick. Oh, you're looking like Odell out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So after the Mason game, uh, when you were in the locker room, when uh, President Wrighton visited, that Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite videos I've seen that was posted around there. What was that like on our end? It was just kind of crazy. Like Joe went in for the hug, picked him up. Like, what was that from your perspective there? Uh, just the energy was great. And he was, he was super cool about it too, which was awesome. He wasn't like, he wasn't like shying away from it. He was like into it. He was involved. It was really cool to see, um, the love that the president had for us when we won that game. It was really nice to see that. He can hang. Yeah. 
Yep. Was that your first interaction with uh, the new president? I believe so, actually. Awesome. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen him. So with that Mason game and the URI game, you guys came back from substantial deficits both times. How do you guys just stay determined and positive despite being behind in the middle of a game? Um, well, we can't look can't look too far ahead and we can't look at what has happened because at that point we were already down by so much. Like the only thing we could do is just keep getting just keep getting one stop at a time and try and get a good shots on offense and just play by play, just go through the rest of the game and grind it up. Uh, yeah, so a uh, huge, huge game uh, on Sunday coming up. Fans are back. Uh, mm -hmm. How is that a boost for the team? And do you kind of have a message for all the students here? Um, all I can say is when we have fans here, it does get it does get jumping. Whenever something happens, it's nice to hear um, all the fans go crazy. And it's a huge boost to our team. So... Yeah, fans are fans are important to me because I like I like feed off of them, even though I may not look like it. But I do I do like whenever I get the dunk or I get a huge block, just hearing the fans like go crazy is is really nice to hear. So we got a three game homestand coming up. Are there any specific games you're looking forward to? Anything you've got circled as a big match for the team? All of them. All of them are big games. I'm just focusing on Sunday right now. Just got to take it one game at a time. How are you guys feeling uh, about Sunday's game against Fordham? Pretty good. I think we got a pretty good shot. I'm going to be honest. We got a pretty good shot. You guys have uh, seen a lot of them in the A-10 tournament in your pa years past. Is that like a level of recognition with some of the players that you've been up against them a couple of times? Yeah, I think there is some recognition with the players, but they have a whole new system now. So it's like what we know is not what we can go off of. Just we can only go off of film we've seen. So when we get out there and play, we're just going to have to make adjustments on the fly. Uh, so talking about the tournament, like we just mentioned, uh, is the team kind of what's the thinking of that? Like being in D.C., kind of having that little home court advantage right there. Is that something you guys are talking about at all? Like you're excited about that, that narrative going around, anything like that? You're talking about the tournament? Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about the tournament much. We just go, just like I said, we're just going one game at a time. Right now, we're, right now we're focused on Fordham for right now. So, so like coming in before the game, what's uh, what's the atmosphere in the locker room like? How do you guys get pumped up? What do you do to make sure you're ready to go for each game? Like me personally, or just whole team? Uh, you and or the team. Well, I know I like to just focus my mind, just get everything together, get my thoughts together, and then get all my thinking done before the game. And then so I, I could just go into the game and just play. And then everybody else, they just, they all have their own, just like I do, they all have their own habits, habitual stuff that they do before every game, so. Uh, yeah, so do you have like any sort of nicknames on the team? Like anything, any, something, anything the guys call you? Uh, not really, they just shorten my name and call me Hunt. Mm -hmm. so that's really it speaking, yeah speaking of nicknames your your twitter tag is hdtv fly dutch uh what's the story behind that is that do they call you fly dutch or what is that coming from okay. so hdtv actually one of my aau teammates said that's 
he called me that uh, when we were playing a game. He was like, this is a really tough nickname. So, so I just kind of stuck with that. And then my trainer back home calls me the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> so, and that's a whole separate story. So I just had to shorten it because I can't fit all that into my Twitter. So yeah. I just sort of put both of them together because they're both really good nicknames that I like. So, yeah, I love it. Um, would you say there's a specific uh, player, NBA player, that you kind of model your game after? Mm. No, I wouldn't say so. I just try to, I just try to win games, and however best I think I can win the game, whether that's trying to move the ball on offense, getting as many rebounds as I can, getting putbacks, setting screens, whatever. I'll just, I'll do whatever to win really yeah well then is there yeah i don't really think i don't i don't really think there is someone i'm out of my game after is there anybody you especially love watching right now anyone who you always make sure to turn to on league pass or something like that not really (laughs) i don't i don't really want to be honest i don't really watch a lot of the nba Mm -hmm. so yeah you mentioned uh, working with your trainer back home. You're from Louisiana, right? Yep. Has that been a big adjustment coming from Louisiana to up in D.C.? See, was it the first time you saw snow this uh, up here at, at school? Or mm, no, I'm a military kid, so I okay. used to live up. I used to live up in Virginia when I grew up, so I'm I'm sort of familiar with the area, and I have some family up here. But I think moving up here and living here consistently, it is different. Because at home, I have there's a lot of space where I live, and it's not in the city. But being in the city is definitely a huge difference for me. So, because everybody's everybody's crowding the streets, and there's people everywhere, and no real privacy. You have any favorite? Have you been able to find any good uh, Cajun food up here? No. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. No. <laughs> no. No. Unfortunately. You have a I favorite place? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. I haven't heard of I haven't heard of any Cajun spots, but if I if you guys know any, let me know, and I'll let you know if it's good. <laughs> we'll yeah. do, we'll do. Do you have a favorite place to eat, regardless of type of food in the city? There's a lot of good options. Favorite place to eat? You know, Pounding Farmers is really good. I really do like Pounding Farmers. A classic one. Everyone loves Pounding Farmers. Yeah, love Pounding Farmers. That's really good. Uh, so what would you say then uh on the kind of the topic of like travel and stuff what would you say has been your favorite road trip you've taken with the team like coolest place you've been uh i would say the california trip that was a really cool place um uc san diego had a really their gym was really cool i'm not gonna lie they had a huge giant tv screen on one wall it was nuts and just California in general was just a nice place. It was, it was like breezy. It wasn't a little. It wasn't too hot. It was really nice. Uh, the Florida trip is also another nice trip. Um, yeah. So I'd say I'd say the Florida and California trips were both nice. So outside of the trips, uh, what would you say has been the highlight of your GW career so far, either on the court or off the court? Um, hmm. 
I would say on the court, just coming back against George Mason at Rhode Island, like it's two for me. It's George Mason at Rhode Island because we show that we can we can hang even when we're down, even when we have two people gone, we can still we can still hang in there with some of the good teams in the league. <clears throat> Uh, do you have an off-the-court moment, either like something like hanging with your teammates off the court, uh-huh. just doing something on your own in D.C., anything like that? Um, other than visiting the monuments, not really. I think I think that's really cool, though. I think that's underrated and underappreciated. Because at home, there's no, there's no like huge monuments that everybody's talking about in Mandeville, yeah. Louisiana. Nobody's talking about that place. <laughs> But you come to DC and it's in movies all the time, and you see all this stuff, and it's it's pretty, it's pretty cool being right here, like three blocks away from it all. So it's a little far away, but do you have plans for life after GW with either basketball or just staying in the the city of DC? Uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's all right if there's no plans because <laughs> yeah, we don't have plans either as well. Yeah, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I have. I've thought. I've tried thinking about what I'm going to be doing after college, and I just can't come up with anything. It's just like just a blank. It's just blank space. I cannot imagine what I'd be doing. Very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. That'll resonate a lot with our our listeners. Um, <laughs> and this is a little quick one. Uh, would you rather dunk or block? Dunk or block. Mm, that might sound like a quick one. But there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that. But I'm gonna make it quick. I'll just say dunk. I'll say dunk. Why? Dunk because like no matter what, it's just like it's just energizing. You dunk the ball and you're above everyone and you get to hang on the rim a little bit. Take your time coming down the court. <laughs> sort of show off a little bit. But definitely dunking. Nice. All right, so our, our last question is one we've asked everyone. Uh, we've asked Coach this and every other player we've been able to interact with. What's your go-to order at GW Deli? Uh, sausage, egg, and cheese on an English muffin. Oh, that's good. English right, muffin. That, that's the first English muffin we've heard. Yep. Yep. They, I like it. Yeah. My mom makes them at home by herself, so I was like, eh, they're probably pretty good here. Well, so. she makes them from scratch? Uh, Well, not completely from scratch. She Still. doesn't make she 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 buys English muffins and she buys a Jimmy Dean hot sausage and she cracks nice. open eggs on the pan. So, oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Hunter, do you have any anything else you'd like to say before we head out? Anything before the big game on Sunday? Fans coming back? Anything like that? Mm, just looking for the sport. Just looking to see a lot of people in the stands. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. We mm-hmm. appreciate it. Uh, obviously, good luck on Sunday. Good luck the rest of the season. And yeah, good stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you so much to Hunter Dean for coming in, talking with us. We had a lot of fun talking to him. It was great. Um, I personally love it when an athlete is just really thinking through their answers and it seems to be enjoying talking in an interview. And we definitely got that out of Hunter. I had a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it was great. If anyone knows any any Cajun food in DC, hit us up on Twitter. We'll get that to him. Boys missing his home cooking. <laughs> yeah, we do not have a lot of that. I've heard ooze and oz is good, but that's more soul food than Cajun. Someone correct me if anyone listening knows. 
But thank you again to Hunter Dean. We'll see you guys next week after the men and women both enter some pivotal, pivot, pivotal, pivotal matchups this week. Thank you for listening. And as always, raise high the buff and blue. Raise high, guys.